Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of May 29, 2016. The 2015-2016 school year has drawn to a close at the Kentucky School for the Blind, and seven seniors graduated from the school on Wednesday, May 25. The welcome was given by Dr. Stephen L. Pruitt, who introduced himself to the audience not only as the Kentucky Commissioner of Education, but also as the superintendent and instructional leader of the Kentucky School for the Blind. Many other dignitaries, including several members of the Kentucky Board of Education, were in attendance. Kathy Nimmer, 2015 Indiana Teacher of the Year and one of four National Teacher of the Year finalists, gave an inspiring commencement address. Kathy is a graduate of the Indiana School for the Blind. The seven graduates from KSB this year are Kenneth Breeden from Shepherdsville, Matthew Cottle from Viper, Trevor Gravel from Louisville, Savannah Hively of Vine Grove, Austin Stevens from Corbin, Selena Tyree from Nortonville, and Kiana Waller from Frankfurt. Pre-registration for the 55th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind is open until June 22, and the list of tours, workshops, seminars, breakfasts, luncheons, special programs, and social events is extensive. But that list is far from complete. Many, many additional speakers, presentations, and free events are yet to be announced. This past week, a number of special tech sessions were announced, including several from Microsoft, HumanWare, AI Squared, and many others. Martha Harmon Perdee is the talking book narrator who will speak at general session and attend a joint meeting of the Braille Revival League, Library Users of America, and American Association of Blind Teachers on Wednesday, July 6. Keep up with all the latest convention announcements by subscribing to the ACB convention email list. Visit www.acb.org and follow the email list link. Can't attend the convention? Be sure to watch for announcements about ACB radio broadcast schedules of all general sessions and selected workshops and seminars. Our discussion time at the May 27 Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout was based on an email forwarded to the ACBL list from the Missouri chat list. The post cited 10 quirky things that really irritate blind people. We talked about all 10 things and more at the roundabout. On page 2, you'll hear items 1, 4, and 7 from the list, along with several other comments from the roundabout participants. As Soundprints listeners and everyone else knows, there's been much talk, and continues to be much talk, about the new Orbit Reader 20 Braille display, scheduled to come onto the market later this fall. Larry Skutkon, Director of Technology at the American Printing House for the Blind, brought a prototype of the Orbit Reader 20 to the May 20 roundabout for our discussion time. In his remarks and answers to our questions, Larry covers many, many details about the Orbit Reader, what it will and won't do, how it came about, and hopes for the future. Listen to page 3 to hear a shortened version of Larry's remarks. Keep in mind that his total presentation was about 45 minutes long. By way of explanation, Larry, 
refers to UEB, which is the New Unified English Braille Code, and eBay, which is the English Braille American Edition. No, it's not the shopping website. And on page 4 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. What we have tonight, there was an email that came on ACBL. And, and that list can have all kinds of real crazy stuff on it. There was a forward to that list from the Missouri chat list. And I just thought it was hilarious. So I thought it would be kind of fun for us to at least go through part of it tonight. Just get our opinion, share opinions on this. The email was called 10 Quirky Things That Really Annoy People Who Are Blind. It, this is not only a list of 10 things, but there's comments to go along with it. It's, uh, this person who posted this was a person named Gail Yarnell. She says, I think it is time to talk about some of the things that really annoy blind people. And here's the list of 10 items. Item number one. Those tiny little stickers on every single piece of fruit you buy. Amen. I try to remember to look for them, and even when I do, I miss them more often than not. I wonder how many stickers I have eaten in my lifetime. Are they harmful to my health? Will they find hundreds of them in my coffin 50 years after I am dead? I try to pretend I don't notice my friends and family picking them off fruit I serve, although my family makes a point of telling me they found some. That's number one. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> Deb Trevino says it's an extra source of fiber. <laughs> Tapioca. Number four, car door handles. When I become President of the United States, I'm going to pass a law that all car door handles must be located in the same spot on every car door. I hate looking for car door handles. I don't think the car manufacturers have to worry, though. My past is far too colorful for me to ever consider running for President. Okay. Bill votes for that to be number one. Number seven, impossible to open packaging. <laughs> Most bottles of things, like vitamins, are sealed at least three different ways. I have no complaint about the box the bottle is in as long as it is not shrink-wrapped. I don't mind the tamper-proof paper seal under the lid. I run into trouble with those tight plastic seals that fasten the bottle cap to the bottle. Thank you. <laughs> they have a marking that indicates where to tear. But if you can't see that marking well, you're in for some fun. First of all, make sure you're somewhere you can't be seen. <laughs> then you should wash the bottle top because you're going to need your teeth. <laughs> Teeth work well for lifting that plastic seal just enough to get your fingernail under it so you can tear it. Of course, the top part of the plastic seal 
that's on the cap will frequently separate from the part that actually holds the cap to the bottle. When that happens, there is no place to grab with your teeth. This is when you get a knife. You stick it under the part that is left and try again. After you get this evil piece of plastic completely off the bottle and open the lid, you'll find you are still kept from the aspirin you desperately need. At this point, by the tamper-proof seal. Never fear, you still have your knife. There are some of the things you may agree with some of those solutions, you may not agree. Let's have a little discussion about you know, some of the things that you find a problem. When uh, Sister Grace was here earlier, the new lady that came today, we were talking about things, some things that you know, just happened. Well, I had left my brown note on the table and I couldn't find it. Guess what? Isn't that a normal thing? And so I said to her, you know, blind people, my husband says blind people spend half their lives looking for things sighted people can see. And she says, oh, I, I guess that, would, that might be so. And I thought, oh, yes, it is, you know. What are some of the things, little, little quirky things like that? Okay, Libby? Now, this is, this is going to sound like I'm going to share overly personal stuff, but just hang on. It's not going to be that gross. Last week, uh, I was of the impression that I'd be recovering from surgery this week, so I went for pre-op testing in the pre-op labs works. Well, one of the things they needed was a clean catch urinalysis. So we're on the way to the restroom, and she says, now, can you do this by yourself? And I told her, I said, oh yeah. I said, ma'am, I'm 60 years old. If I don't have this down pat by now, I never will. <laughs> but what I wouldn't give if I had told her no, I needed help. The thirsty mailman. I have a small mailbox. I want to know how you get the sound prints envelopes inside my mailbox. It's one of the little tiny ones that's mounted on the wall and it's it's about the size of a business envelope standing up on its end. I have been trying to figure out how the mailman can can get um, things in that bell box. Right. I'm wondering how he gets it out, though, without, it, without yeah. having to fight it. I, I say fades to it that, uh, <laughs> that uh, no one else needs to hear. This happens with my sighted kids. They uh, decide that they don't really want to hear the TV or the radio, so they put, they have a remote, we have a remote, so they put it on mute. That's okay. Then I come in, and I think I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna turn this TV on. Yeah. So I turn it, I push the power button. Remember, it was on mute, so now I've turned it off. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it's just a big mess, because I never know quite where I am, and I just have to keep pushing the button. Finally, I've learned to push the mute button. And see if that kind of helps before I decide there's uh, there's a problem. 
Don't you hate it when you got stuff laying around where you can find it, and all of a sudden somebody comes along and picks it up, and you're like, where's my uh, thumb drive? Oh, I'll put it over here. Well, why'd you, why'd you put it over there for? Well, I'm cleaning. Okay, clean your area. Leave mine alone. One thing that really bothers me is I'm sitting there, and I'm in church or whatever, and people think, well, you're blind, so they decide to come up and yell in your ear like you're deaf as well. <laughs> the thing that I hate is when you're going somewhere and they figure you're blind, so I don't have to give you the handouts I'm giving to everybody else, and so you get skipped, and you got to figure out what you missed and how to get it, and yeah. But you're paying the same fee for the service, but you're not getting the paperwork that goes with it. What I'm thinking about is in our apartments, they'll put notes on the door somewhere. They won't, you know, they won't put them down by the doorknob, so you touch it and you know, hey, there's a note. So this week, they put a note way up on my door. I didn't know that it was even there. And I get up and go to get a drink of water in the morning, and there's no water. They turned the water off. And, the note, it's, and so someone came yesterday afternoon to give me something, and she said, Oh, by the way, there's a note on your door. They're going to turn the water off on, on uh, May 26th from 9 till 2 or something like that. And they found it at 3. And, and she's reading it to me. I said, it already happened. It's over. It's done. Well, you need to know this. And I said, yeah, I would have liked to have known it yesterday. Really? Going back to what Carla said about losing things. I hate when you said that, I can't find so-and-so. Well, where did you have it last? Well, if I knew, it wouldn't be lost. I have a couple of things. First of all, uh, we just finished an election, and I went down back right here to our polling place, and they have the um, separate but equal voting machine. I came down, it was around 4.30, I asked, how many people had used the machine. I'm a registered Democrat. They told me one other person had used the machine and they were registered Republican. So being a primary, we each had to vote in our separate parties uh, election. And so technically speaking, if, if we ended up being the only ones to use that machine that day, they could tell who we voted for. Yeah. All right, that's one thing. The other thing, Libby talking about medical things, there's supposed to be something called HIPAA, which is privacy in your medical. I'm going to give you two examples. I've been in a reception room in a doctor's office where there was a lady who needed help filling out the forms that they ask you to fill out when you come in, talking about your medical history and so on. The nurse or receptionist offered to help them, so right there in the public room, they, they asked, uh, you know, uh, what, what diseases have you had, and so on, and it, they got down to very personal questions, almost to the point, and I'm exaggerating, but almost to the point, you know, when was the last time you had sex? I mean, it, it, it was that personal, public, and then the other occasion, I was going in for a, uh, I forget what it was, an x-ray or something, and I was in the screened uh, 
room, just curtains. And in the next bay, they, there was a lady, and they were coming in, and they, again, were asking, gave her name, birth date, social security number, and all kinds of other medical. If I had a recorder or, or really wanted to invade their privacy, talk about ID theft and so on, I mean, just right out there in the open. So I object to both of those kind of things. This is the one, I, somebody just almost brought it up. Do you go into dinner with a guy or girl and they ask them what you want instead of asking you what you want? They ask them like you don't know how they know what you want. You know what really is bad is when you go somewhere like to an awesome flea market and the person you're with is right there and you reach out and you touch them on the back so you know they're there. Then all of a sudden they walk off and you reach out and you're touching somebody else where you shouldn't be touching. I did that last summer. But his husband, but her husband didn't mind. Uh. <laughs> yeah, going back to the one about the um, people asking what you, uh, what the person wants to eat and stuff. I've had that happen in a doctor's office. I was with, there with a friend. And I'm the one who's the patient. So now the doctor starts talking to my friend, and first of all, she tries to blow it off. And secondly, then she tells the doctor, ask him. The doctor keeps talking to her, so she had to get up and leave, and he had no choice. I wish they would put marks on packages and boxes of food. They, they used to, but it seems like they don't anymore. I wish that some of these companies could put marks on packages and boxes of food, so we so uh, we could know what which was is the right end to open. I hate it because I know the zip the uh, I know the uh, 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 bacon I get Oscar Mayer uh, comes in a box and but it's also in a Ziploc bag. Every time I open that package of bacon, I open the wrong darn end. Yeah, I hate it. I don't like it when I'm wanting to go somewhere and the person feels like they have to grab my wrist and pull me with them. I had a director um, who's, who's, in, who's my director now in Voices. He used to do that when he first came here, but I think he's seen other people do it and he's gotten better at it. But that's one of those things you don't want to feel like you're being dragged along. I remember someone was kind enough to serve me at a Christmas party at work, and, and, and it humiliated me the way it was. I don't think she meant it, but we, I said, well, just give me a little bit of each, you know. Yeah, well, I'm just going to give you a couple of teaspoons because we got to make sure everybody else gets some or something like that. That just kind of made me, I don't know what made her think that I expected her to just give me several plates and give me everything that was there, you know. Sometimes sighted people have got to act like, just like when I used to go to communion, I told the lady with me, I said, just nudge my arm a little bit. That way, you know, we'll know, I'll know the priest is ready to give me my communion. She has to say, just so it draws attention, Libby, you know. And people like to, sighted people like to do that to blind people sometimes. They think they're being so great to help you. Okay. Well, I just thought that might inspire a little bit of discussion, and it certainly did. I thank everybody for taking part. Page three. So, Larry, tell us all about this great product that we've been anticipating for a couple of years here. We'll try to keep this uh, 
informal. I brought Vanna White with me this evening. <laughs> and instead of uh, turning letters, she's going to bring this device around and let you check it out. So what I'm going to do is turn it on. And um, it's in a book right now. Uh, it opens up to a book. And the book is History in the Making, and it's about the American Printing House for the Blind. Now, when Vanna hands you this device, she will hand it to you with the Braille closest to you. And, a, and to the right and left are panning buttons. Ooh, the P is pop on this mic. So I won't say any, uh, so the, the panning buttons are used to move to the next line on the display. So press the one on the right if you want to read a line, press the one on the right, it'll move to the next, um, yep, next 20 characters. If you want to go back, press the one on the left. Now, um, here you are, Vanna. Start passing that around. and. While we're talking, uh, I mean, while you're looking at it, if you have a question, just um, yell out. Uh, well, yell out your name, and that way I'll know who you are. You'll see when you get this in your hands that there's a 20-character Braille display closest to you. And then I already mentioned the left and right panning buttons. And above that, as you're moving towards the back of the device, are, is the beginning of the keyboard. And the keyboard has got um, a space bar closest to the braille towards you, and then a key to the left and right of that. And those are going to be for dot seven and eight if you want to use um, eight dot braille, or they also act like backspace and enter if you are uh, doing other things in the interface. And then as you keep moving towards the back of the device, there are six regular Braille input keys, and that's how you uh, type on it. And then in between dots one and four is an arrow. Um, there's four arrow keys and then a select button in the middle. And that's all the keys on the top of the device. Now if you go back to the back side of it, there's a, a large recessed area. And I'm going to uh, talk about it from the perspective of you looking at it from the front and then reaching around the back. So on the very left side in that recessed area is an on-off button. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't uh, press that right now while we're passing it around. We can, we can do that later. But the way it works is that you press and hold it for a couple of seconds and it'll turn the display off. Press it and hold it again, and it'll turn the display. Well, it'll blink a little bit while it's uh, coming up. It takes about a few seconds to come up. Now, you don't necessarily have to turn the device off. If you just leave it set for a while, it'll automatically shut off, too, without you touching any keys. So, okay, so there's the power button. You move a little bit further to the right, and that's still in that recessed area, and there's an SD card slot. So it's a regular size SD card, just like you would see in a digital camera or something like that. And um, we don't know what size is going to come with it yet. It doesn't, it's not really that important because Braille doesn't take up that much room on an SD card. So the card that's in here right now we sent out for field testing, and it's probably got about oh, 20, 25 books on it, and it's, you're not even touching the available space on it. 
And um, then to the right of that is the um, micro USB connector. So it takes any uh, standard, you know, you've all seen these USB cables, the, the ones with the very small end on it. And you can either charge it via your PC or your Mac, uh, or you can uh, plug it into an AC adapter with the USB connector on it and charge it up. The battery lasts, well, um, we, we put in the original specifications that we wanted it to last for an entire day of hard use, but it turns out that it's actually um, going for about a week. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna hold up or not, um, so when we turn this on and the way you guys are using it right now, you're reading a file that's stored on the SD card. And the way you get them on there is a couple of ways. You can either take that SD uh, card out of this slot, put it into a SD card reader on your PC, or you can connect the uh, USB cable to your PC and send files over to it that way. So that's its local functionality. You can uh, get out of this book. The, the Braille keys in this mode are uh, movement keys. So they move by pages or percent or the top and bottom of the file. Um, you can also take notes with this. Now the note taker is not implemented in this prototype right here yet, so don't, don't even try. <laughs> but uh, the idea is that you uh, press a, it, it's kind of an interesting little note taker too. You press a combination of keys to get into an editing mode and uh, we're, we were cognizant of the fact that, you know, a lot of these note takers, if you're really a fast Brailleist, um, pressing those space and uh, letter commands can be problematic sometimes. So. Like for instance, you might hit space and then A, but you do it so quickly that it would take the command for a chord A, uh, whatever that would happen to be in whichever note taker you're in. So what we've done instead is um, made the editor so that there's no space commands. There's only, all you can do is braille and use the arrow keys, and you can use them in combination with those uh, two keys down there by the space bar too to uh, modify things, to move around. So when you're through editing, you press that uh, that other that same keystroke, which happens to be dots um, one, three, seven, eight, and space all together. It's like a giant X. And when you do that, then you can get back into the reader. And when you're in the reader, you can actually mark places in your text. You can. Uh, copy them to the clipboard, you can paste them into other places in the document, uh, or you can just cut out your selection out of the uh, document. You can also get back to the uh, list of files, and in the file list you, you can sort your files by name or date or last read uh, and size. Um, the file list shows you the uh, name of the file, and one thing to remember about this device, it actually does not have a Braille translator on it. This is the most basic of devices you can get. So when you write notes in this, you write them in however you want. If you want to use your own code, like I know when I was in college, I had my own shorthand for some of my classes. And uh, 
it was great because I could take notes really quickly, but the downside of that was that nobody else on earth could read them. And that's the way this is too. If you write in a code that other people can read, like UEB contracted or something like that, you're in good shape. But it doesn't restrict you to that. You can um, actually use any kind of code that you want uh, in any language you want. But remember, the, the uh, thing you have to remember, if you're going to share it with somebody cited or somebody that doesn't know that code, you have to have a, a, a reverse translator to be able to get it back to um, English or whatever language that you're working with. And we, are, uh, we have been working very closely with an open source project called LibLui. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. If you use JAWS or NVDA with a Braille display, you do know about it because that's what they use. You, by the way, you can connect this device to JAWS or NVDA or your iPhone because it, uh, it has a Bluetooth uh, radio in it. So uh, you can actually um, treat this just like any other refreshable Braille display, but in addition it has all this local functionality that we've been talking about. So um, I was talking about the file manager. It shows you the names of the files in, um, you know, we were trying to figure out what you really call this. Uh, it's not raw Braille, but it's uh, 8 dot ASCII Braille maybe. So it's a, it's a direct one-to-one -one correlation with the print characters. So file names, and I'm sure you've seen this on all the note takers. Um, it, it's very difficult to uh, find one that actually translates your uh, directory listings and things like that. Uh, computer Braille is what some people call it, but it's, I don't think that's really the correct term. So anyway, but once you find your file and you open it, and you know if it's a translated file, you'll—that's exactly how it's going to show. It doesn't try to process it in any way. So that means that if you were to read a text file on it, it would actually be in that computer braille too. So what we what we have done is created a send to braille shortcut for Windows. Um, for those things that you want to send over to the device and translate it into either eBay or UEB or whatever Braille code you, you like for that matter. Send to Braille works like this. When you're in Windows and you go to the uh, File Explorer, you point to a file and it can be pretty much anything, <clears throat> Word or text or whatever, Right-click, hit Send To. You've all seen that Send To shortcut. Well, this Send To Braille adds a new thing under your Send To called Braille. So you just hit that, and it makes an exact copy of your document, except it adds a .brl extension to it. And then you can take that file and send it over to this device, or you can uh, configure Send to Braille actually to go ahead and do both steps in one, uh, translate it and copy it over. So I've done that with a lot of um, a lot of documentation and other kinds of files. Uh, I, I think on this card, in fact, there's a user's manual to a Genome 520 sewing machine that I've been trying to uh, figure out how to use. And I won't, I won't blame the Braille translation on uh, my lack of success on that, but because uh, uh, the translation actually is, is um, 
as, as good as it can be, which, well, I'll say perfect as far as I know. Um, and what I was saying is we've been working with uh, Lib Louie and have added all the correct functionality for complete UEB support uh, into the Lib Louie translator. Now that, at, that uh, application hadn't been released yet. Um, because they're still integrating it back into the main source. Um, if you if you know LibLui, it actually supports dozens of languages and and many many Braille uh, codes as well. So we you know we want to ensure that we're not breaking any of that previous support. But the LibLui that comes with Cinda Braille is sort of a pre-release of LibLui that. Um, we, we sort of say, well, I don't really, uh, you know, this isn't guaranteed to work in Swahili grade three um, contracted Braille, but it works in English and uh, eBay and, and uh, UEB. So there's a sort of a pre-release version of LibLouie that comes with this Send to Braille. Now this Send to Braille is actually available right now if you uh, want to use it. You can go to tech.aph.org slash LT. And uh, why LT? That's a funny um, couple of letters for Send to Braille because we had originally uh, named it Lou Translate, but Send to Braille was uh, so much more, um, uh, so much better of a name. That but anyway, tech.aph.org slash LT will uh, get you send to Braille. Um, I, I understand, too, that there's a, um, the Australian, or no, Greg, where, where's Greg Kearney work at? Do you know, Carla, do you know him? Who? Greg Kearney. He used to be with um, Australian Braille. But anyway, he's got a Mac version of this, too. So if you're a Macintosh user, uh, you can do that. Now, when you're using this with your iPhone or with a, a screen reader on, in Windows or Mac, you don't have to worry about the translation because VoiceOver or your, your other screen reader is already translating everything for you. So it's going to come out in contracted Braille uh, right there on the display. And, of course, if you're, if you're using one of the screen readers that supports math ML. I don't know how many of you guys in here are real math geeks like like I am. Um, you can a lot of the websites that are encoded in math ML actually show up with uh, correct Nemeth code Braille translation of uh, of the expressions that are encoded in math ML. So Larry? Uh-huh. Um, so it'll Bluetooth to the iPhone. Bluetooth to the iPhone. Okay. Yep. Therefore, you could use it just as we use other note takers now as the interface. You can absolutely use this to control your iPhone and to read what VoiceOver sends to the Braille display. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and that means then that you can access Safari, correct? You can do Safari. Yeah. You and can get out on the internet using that Bluetooth to your iPhone. You can read your email with it, yeah. Right. You can okay. play games on it. Right. Facebook. Huh? I see where you're Absolutely. Now, Bard Mobile's not going to, oh, yeah, they do support Braille, don't they? Yep, it does. You know, that's something I hadn't done with Bard Mobile yet. But, so, uh, so basically, anything that we can do now with, with any current note-taker Bluetooth to our iPhones, we can do with that Bluetooth to our iPhones. Yep. Okay. 
Pretty, as far as I know, yep. Yes, sir. Bill Wright. Hey, Bill. Um, okay, the, the books, um, if, if you are downloading a book from BART, would you have to download it in DRF, or should you <coughs> continue to download stuff in um, Daisy? BRF is well. If you want to read it on the Braille display, you'd you'd use those BRF files. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Now, one thing you got to remember, since those files, I don't want to complicate things here, and this is true on all note takers. Since those files are already translated, you need to tell VoiceOver not to translate again when you're reading files that are already translated. That's really one of the very few situations where that occurs. They don't, they don't have uncontrolled. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can set your voice over so well. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what you have to do when you're reading contracted BRF files. You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we think this will be available this fall, probably late fall. And I don't think it'll make it to annual meeting, but... I thought it would be the big launch at uh, You know, if there was anything we could do more to make it happen, we would. But um, there's lots of things in play here, and I just don't... I'd like to say, yeah, it'll, it'll be ready for that. And that was the original intent, but I'm, I'm a realist also. <laughs> Well, um, it depends how many, so this is really uh, complicated. The, the reason we were able, to, you know, the, the big thing about this is that it's a low-cost device. We, we hope it's going to be less than $500, but a lot of things depend on that because the way this was developed was that 10 organizations around the world got together, and here in the U.S. it was APH, Perkins, and NFB, all got together and put up $1.25 million to design this thing. And also agreed that we would purchase 10,000 units per year. So the idea is that, you know, we want to get this price down um, so that it can be, we can, we can spread literacy really to developing countries and make it affordable so that even people in the United States that might not have an agency that's paying for this for them can't afford this. So at that price, we are able to get this, and normally you guys don't get all this gory detail, but we're able to get these for $320 a piece. But that's with nothing, no cables, no cards, nothing. So what somebody has to do, and that somebody in this case is going to be APH, is to add an SD card. In fact, we had a, a meeting there today about what kind of content to include on that SD card. And I'd love to hear suggestions from you guys, too, about that. Um, so an SD card, a USB cable an AC adapter, 
and a quick start guide in, in large print and braille. So the manual will be on the card and the quick start guide will tell you how to get into the manual. Um, so we also have to provide a staff person to provide uh, customer service on this. And so we get it for $320. We'll probably, without, I don't know how much the accessories are going to cost yet, but um, that's $320 is if we can get 10,000 orders uh, among these 10 different organizations. We don't, we don't have that yet. Um, so if we only get 5,000 orders, then the price is going to be higher than $500. Um, I would say with the orders that we have right now, the best I can say is this will be probably less than $900, just guessing. So we've got another meeting Monday in Baltimore to uh, round up commitments from these other um, organizations and APH is actually uh, committed to upping its investment in this in terms of how many to um, put orders in for and uh, yep this is Adam uh -huh. did National Library Service have any great question Adam to do with this? And secondly, yep. a, a different question how, how much actual work did you as an individual uh, put into this so both those questions. Vanna White, uh, <laughs> I hadn't seen Vanna in uh, months now. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so uh, NLS, that's, uh, that's a great point because part of the uh, NLS couldn't be part of Transforming Braille Group because they're a government organization and, and you know, didn't have the kind of, uh, there, there's rules against that. They are very, very interested in this technology though. The whole point of transforming Braille was to disrupt the refreshable Braille market, um, to be able to bring these prices down and spread literacy. And um, NLS is a very much in favor of that whole concept. We've been in constant contact with them, and their issue right now is getting funding. They plan to distribute a Braille display to all their patrons that uh, that want one. Um, yeah, legislation to, there's legislation in the works, we understand, to try to do Right. That. And yes. so if that's passed, I, I would hope that NLS would be able to definitely get that 10,000, uh, you know. And, yep, and, and they will alone. They would, between them and APH, that would probably get it. The thing is, they will not be able to get that funding we don't think until 2018 and I you know nobody wants to wait for this device uh, till when's APH going to take orders yeah and is there going to be a case like an executive permit style package or something for it Orbit uh, Technology, who's the manufacturer, is making a case available for it, but I have no idea, and they don't either yet, what the pricing is going to be. Okay. Um, we were probably not going to include it in the package to keep the cost down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's your opinion on that? I, I, I don't mind buying it separately myself. Yeah. I, 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 I,
do this yes, fall. Maybe you could let us pre-order and that would help you all. Yeah. There I know. No it's coming out there that you're going to take pre-orders to see what the market does. You know, we, we've really been talking about something just like that, like maybe a, a crowdfunding thing or something. Um, if Elon Musk can sell 400,000 Tesla uh, Xs or whatever they are, we ought to be able to sell a few of these. <laughs> really? I mean, I'm not kidding. I think you should do a pre-order just to assess the interest out here, and I think you'd be amazed. Yeah. What would be the capacity? What's the internal memory? I don't even know. Uh, it's not much, um, but everything, well, okay, so probably what you're asking is how big a document can you write? Is that? Yeah. It's, it's only 15, about 15 pages, about 15K, so it's not like using Microsoft Word or nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that'd be about 30, page, 30 or 40 pages. But you can use a bunch of different files and... and uh, now, now, don't forget, too, that you can use Microsoft Word with this. Like, if you're using a PC, um, that's where you would, you know, and you want Braille you, and a full-fledged word processor with spell checking and grammar and everything. You would use PC or uh, your PC with Word or an equivalent app on your Mac, and you would have all that functionality. But the editor in here is very basic. No, that's a great question. Yeah, so if you guys notice that Braille display, it's pretty different from ones you've seen. Um, it, uh -huh, and it rattles as it displays. And it's very solid. It's light, that's what I like. Yeah. Um, but you can't, uh, right now, you cannot change the intensity. <laughs> that's right. You'll have to change your intensity. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the solid dot structure on that. Mm -hmm. Some of the other displays, if you press too hard on them, the Braille will actually go down. And on this does, one, yeah. it, this one will not. <laughs> I do want to point out, uh, we have a website for this project at transformingbraille.org. So check it out. There's a few videos up there. and I wrote a pretty long article about you know, all the possible questions people could ask about the battery. Oh, that's one thing I didn't mention. The battery is removable, so after four or five years, when it finally wears out, you can just switch it out. Yeah. The more you talk, the more you sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go back Monday morning and tell them you, you came to a group that needs pre-ordering right now. Well, I'm telling you. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. You all have a great evening. Bill Dethridge asked a question or made a comment over here, and that was, well, would it pair with the Android as well? And the answer would be yes, because it's a Bluetooth. That's another one sold. There you go. Write it down, Larry. <laughs> How many could you have sold if you'd have had it tonight? <laughs> Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free of charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot APH dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis.
New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar On June 2, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly conference call meeting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The call-in number is 712-432-3900 and the code is 796096. From June 3 to 11 is Insight 2016. This is an opportunity for visually impaired Kentucky students in grades 10 through 12 to experience a post-secondary setting. It's held on the campus of Moorhead State University. For more information, contact Beth Baker, Kentucky School for the Blind, at 502-897-1583, extension 7105. June 3 is the next GLCB Roundabout. Braille, Tech Tips, and Genealogy from 3.30 to 5. The speaker at 5 o'clock will be Darren Harbor. 6 o'clock is dinner. Games and Crafts from 7 to 10 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. 502-895-4598 to sign up. On June 5, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings by conference call. Advocacy at 7 p.m., Education and Technology at 8 p.m., and Activities at 9 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. June 9 is the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind conference call meeting at 7 p.m. The number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. On June 10, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout will also include an activity sponsored by the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky. Braille, iPhone tips, and genealogy from 3.30 to 5. Discussion from 5 to 6. Dinner, $5 per person from 6 to 7. A walk, sponsored by Guide Dog Users of Kentucky, followed by games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 for more information. On June 11 is the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board meeting by conference call at 11 a.m. 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. Also on June 11 is Cinema Saturday, The Miracle Worker, 1962 film, from 1 to 3 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. The film is free, but registration is required. Call the museum at 502-899-2213. On June 12, the KCB Next Generation will have its monthly conference call meeting at 8 p.m. 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. June 14 is the next meeting of the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, in Owensboro, from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church. 
628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. June 17 is a GLCB roundabout. June 18 is Braille for the Sighted, workshops for young people, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. It's the first in a two-part workshop series, an opportunity to learn the basics of Braille and practice writing on a Braille slate and a Braille writer. Advanced students will learn about Braille contractions, whole word signs, and more. Attend one or both sessions for ages 8 and up. It's free Call the Printing House Museum at 502-899-2213. June 19 will be the next meeting of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Board. It's at 8 p.m. The call-in number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. June 20 is the next KCB board meeting at 8 p.m. Also at 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On June 21, the Tri-State Library Users will hold its next conference call meeting. This will be a special program with an author. 8 p.m. by phone 605-475-6006. Enter code 294444. On June 24 is another GLCB roundabout. June 25 is Bards and Storytellers at the APH Museum with Karen Karsh. Enjoy a performance and Q&A with this blind Colorado singer and songwriter who writes about big moments and moments that just feel big. At the museum, at the American Printing House for the Blind, call 502-899-2213 for more information. June 27 is a Guide Dog Users of Kentucky membership conference call at 7 p.m. at 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. July 1 through 9 is the 55th Annual Conference of the American Council of the Blind. ACB, Land of 10,000 Dreams, exhibits, workshops, tours, programs, friends, and lots of fun at the Hyatt Regency on Nicolette Mall in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Rooms are $89 a night plus state and local taxes double occupancy. Make reservations by calling 888-421-1442. Registration is now open for the convention. You can register by phone by calling 800-866-3242 or visiting www.acbconvention.org. July 9 is another Cinema Saturday at the APH Museum. This time they'll be showing Daredevil from 2003. For more information, contact the museum at 502-899-2213. July 12 to 14 is the Gateways Conference for 2016. This is a summer in-service training for Kentucky's vision teachers at the Kentucky School for the Blind, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, contact Beth Baker at 502-897-1583, extension 7105. July 16 is Braille for the Sighted, Workshops for Young People. This is the second in the two-part workshop series about the basics of Braille at the APH Museum, 502-899-2213. August 5 and 6 is the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association 71st Annual Reunion at the Ramada Inn, 
1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. For information, call 502-897-1472. For hotel reservations, call 502-897-5101. On August 13 is Cinema Saturday, the last in the summer cinema series at the American Printing House for the Blind. This time the film is The Book of Eli from 2010, 12.30 to 3 p.m. at the museum. The number to call is 502-899-2213. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.